Welcome to our weekly Wednesday night cheer. And we mean weekly. Unfortunately, we don't only start at 9 o'clock due to the Mayrav situation and the Shir Rambam, etc. Shir is dedicated as we've done in the past weeks. Aram Baruch Halevi Ben Yehuda and Amelia Basara. Shalom Shabbat. Whoa, 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 what happened? Sorry, folks. Okay. Pasha's Truma. And Vishkhidish Adar. Vishkhidish Adar Marbim Besimcha. How do we add anything? How do we make anything happen? How does anything become anything? Marbim b'simcha. We do it by adding simcha. And this is what Chiddush Adar is all about. To add simcha. Other, the month represents Simcha, month of Zayn Other, of Purim, month representing Geula, representing re- redemption. The Yidin, the time of Marachai and Esther, as we know the story of the Megillah Sester. And Haman drew a lot to see when would be a good time to destroy the Jews. When do they have a problem? And he saw that in the month of other Moshe Rabbeinu passed away. If their leader, their master, passed away in this month, it must be a bad month for them. And therefore, he took he chose Chedesh other to put the decree on the Jews. Unbeknownst to him, that on that same day that Moshe Rabbeinu passed away, Moshe Rabbeinu Shalom was born. And therefore, as Mazali gave her, as his mazel is above everything in that month, and that's why, ultimately, his gazer was nullified, ultimately, by Yehudim, Haysa'ira, Vesimcha, Vesasen, Vyakar, Kain, Tiyelano, as we say, that the Yidin merited that there was Sasen, there was Simcha, the decree was a very, very severe one, but yet the Yidin, Baruch Hashem, Chedish other, is a very, very happy month to all. Pasha's Truma. Truma is the letters Teda Mem. <coughs> the Teda that was given in 40 days. The greatness of the Teda was given in 40 days. These glasses are monsters. Mm-hmm. I used to use them. That's good. 
Of the three times that Eden was told now to bring Trumas and the different explanations of the three different times they needed for the Kabbalah Sibur, for the Nidvah Samishka, and Rashi brings down immediately the explanation for the three things. Kabbalah Sibur was the Kabbalah of the public, which we spoke about, about Matzah Shekel, Pasha Shkolem as well. But then Rashi starts to describe the different donations. And we get to an interesting thing. The Pasik tells us, <coughs> sorry, chapter 25, verse 5. From Elam, the skins of Elam Adam and the Elam of Tchoshim and the Atzei Shittim. Madamim is that were dyed red, says Rashi. Tchoshim was an animal that was only created for the Mishkan. 
It was created, used for the Mishkan, and then became extinct. Maybe it was a unicorn. Uh-huh. And the Atzei Shittim. The Atzei Shittim makes reference, of course, to big logs of wood, big pieces of wood that they needed. Now we know they took, as we said before, many different things, gold, silver, etc., from the Egyptians. And again, the Bezos Hayam, as we spoke. Who is walking around with wood, Atsishitims? So Rashi immediately turns around and says, Umeayin Hayalahem, Bamidbar. Where did they have this in the Midbar? Where did they get this from? Rashi says, Pedish Rabbi Tanchuma. Rabbi Tanchuma explains, Yaakov Avinu Tzofo, the Ruach HaKedish, Yaakov Avinu, I'm quoting you the Rashi word for word verbatim, Yaakov Avinu anticipated in, with Ruach HaKedish, with Holy Spirit, Shasidin Yisrael Livnais Mishkan Bamidbar, in the future, the Jews would build a Mishkan in the Midbar. And therefore, Rashi continues, Vehevi Arrozim Limitzrayim, he brought down arrozim, these big trees, cedar woods, to Egypt with him, unitom, and he planted them in Mitzrayim. Vitzim Levanov, and he commanded his sons, litlam imahem, to take it with them, kishiyetzum in Mitzrayim, when they leave Mitzrayim, because they're going to need it for the Mishkan. Our forefather Yaakov had the insight, had the spiritual vision that told him that the Jews are going to be in Egypt for a while, but they will leave Egypt. And when they leave Egypt, they're going to go out into the desert, they're going to need to build a tabernacle, and they're going to need wood for it. And therefore he brought these trees with him from Eretz Yisrael, planted them in Egypt, and told them, let them grow. When you're leaving, cut them and take them with you. Brilliant. Thank you, Rashi. You clear, clarified to me. Let us turn in our parsha though, a little later. Today's Chumash, actually. Chapter 26, verse 15. Chavov, Pasik Tezvov. The Pasik says, Well, since it's a Kroshim, you make the Kroshim la Mishkan, the beams, Atse Shitim, Aimdim, standing Atse Shitim. Again, Rashi has a question. You're making beams, Vasisa Kroshim, make beams. Why Ha Kroshim? What made them, Ha means they were famous for something. What made them so famous? And Rashi tells us again, Hoyolaydeima Rashi asks, he should have said, V'yasisa Kroshim, just plain Kroshim, K'meshinem v'chol dava like it says in all the other things that needed to be taken. Why, therefore, does it say, Mahu Hakroshim? Why did it say the words Hakroshim, the word with a hey idea, Hakroshim? Me'ayser e'idum yichadum l'kach, the woods that stood there, these pieces of wood, the panels of wood that stood there for this purpose. 
And Rashi continues and says, Yaakov Avinu Nota Arozim B'Mitzrayim Yaakov Avinu planted these cedar trees in Egypt. Ukeshem Mesa, when he died, Tziva Levanov, on his deathbed, he commanded his children, to take it with him, when you go out of Egypt. And he said to them, in the future, the Almighty will command you to make a Mishkan in the desert made of Atzei Shittim. See to it it should be prepared in your hands. And then Rashi adds, the Bavli adds in its words, Tosmata Mizerozim Kiris Potenu Arozim that again preparing itself for what I need to have for the Arozim Shenizdru Shenizdorzu Shenizdorzu Lies Mukhanim Biyadam Mikaidim Lachain. They should be warned, they should be forewarned, and they should be prepared from beforehand for what they needed. Um, Rashi is the same person. The Rashi in the beginning of the Pasha and the Rashi in the middle of the Pasha is the same commentary. I will ask you then, if you listen carefully, how many differences can you cite between the first thing, the first Rashi in our Pasuk, in the beginning of our Parsha, and this last Pasuk in the end of the Parsha. In the middle of the Parsha, I'm sorry. Let us try to dissect it. Rashi's question in the beginning of the Parsha was where did he get them from? And Rashi says, Perush Rabbi Tanchuma. Rabbi Tachuma explains. In the Rashi here, Hakrashim, it does not say who tells us this explanation. Rashi does not quote Rabbi Tanchuma. Here it tells us now, first Rashi, Yaakov in Utsofa Beruha Kedesh, Asidim Yisrael, in this Mishkan Bamidbar, that Yaakov in had the foresight and he brought them with him from Eretz Yisrael, from Eretz Canaan, and planted them in Egypt to take with them later. Rashi, the second Rashi, gives us a much more elaborate story, but does not tell us that he brought them from Eretz Canaan. It merely says, when he passed away, and again, now Rashi gives us the whole story of what his conversation was. So we see noted differences between the beginning and the middle of our Pasha, how Rashi explains the very, very same concept. Rashi is consistent. Rashi does not... Rashi is coming to explain what's called Pshute Shamikra, the simplest explanation. Why confuse the five-year-old?
why confuse the Mechamish Lamikra to such an extent? Another question, Rashi, as we said, explains the simple explanation. Atseishitim. What are Atseishitim? Why is Rashi trying to explain to us where they got Atseishitim when all he should be explaining, all the child wants to know is what are Atseishitim? What from Sira to you? What why did it occur? Why does he think that it occurred to Rash to the Mechamish the Mikra? Why does the question arise by the Mechamish the Mikra to know where they came from? Another thing, Rash is quoting Rabbi Tanchuma. Or the Medish Tanchuma, but he doesn't say Medish Tanchuma, he says Pirish, Pirish Rabbi Tanchuma. Rabbi Tanchuma, the Medish, is Agoda, it's Agadita. It is not. Pshat. Pshat, Rem, is Drush, and Seid. This is Drush. Where does this come to Pshat? Why is Rashi, who only talks about Pshut Shemikra, bringing this down as the Pshut Shemikra? We could have simply explained, Atzei Shittim, the Mechamah Shemikra wants to know how they have Atzei Shittim. Very simple. They purchased it from the nations that were around them. What well, Evan Ezra says, Balitasis on the Tata say it also. That there was a, there were forests. And they went to the forests and cut them down. Where does Rashi come to derive from the simple explanation of Pasuk that this is what transpired? That it was Yaakov Avinu's trees that he brought from Eretz Yisrael and planted in Egypt. Now those who want to maybe forcefully say that according to the Pasuk of Yaakov, that amongst all the things that they had was Atzei Shittim. In other words, it was in their possession. It was in their possession. And another thing, we go according to the Pasuk itself. Pasuk says, V'yikhuli truma, V'eis kalisha sheyedvenu libei, Take from me truma, From what each person has, And he wants to donate from his heart. In other words, it's not something That they were told to go buy. It was something that they had in their In their possessions so therefore the question begs to ask where did they get them from you can't say that Rashi must is, is completing this and is, is, is proving it from this Pasuk that says in Vayakil Shanim all that they had was found amongst them, the Atzei Shittim. Because Rashi doesn't say the Pasuk even. Another thing, Rashi is learning with the Mechamash Lamikra. I opened up Pasha's Truma, Tetzave, Kisisa, Vayakil, 
That's passions down the road. I didn't learn it yet. The Chomish Mikra does not know that Pasuk exists. So why would Rashi use that as a focal point? As a line to try to explain to the Mechamish Mikra or, or raise a question by the Mechamish Mikra. Why would it raise a question? If it was something that happened prior, then many times, oftentimes, Rashi relies on the Mechamish Mikra to remember what was said before. But in this case, you want to tell me that the Mechamish Mikra is going to know what it says three passages down the line? It's not... It doesn't fit. So the regular pshat of the Pasuk, this does not bring out the reasoning for why Rashi is explaining that. Let us try to explain it in a different way. As I just said before, it says, V'yikchuli truma. Tikhu es trumasi. Ha-truma she-tikhu me-itom. It needed to be a truma that they took from themselves. But I should have said, Nesino, or Havo, bring. What's misnadev? What is donation? That the B'nai Yisrael had to donate the truma Hashem. Tikhu, Lashen Kicha, to take from you. This goes on, the Gaboyim had to go around taking from the people the truma of the Jews. Where does it fit? The story of the Alter Rebbe, first Chabad Rebbe, came to a town and there was a very bad, a very, very cheap miser in the town and the miser had a reputation he had a little pouch a beautiful velvet pouch with beautiful coins in it the coins unfortunately were rusty pennies and when somebody would come and ask for a donation they would give him their whole sales pitch and they would give him the severity of their mission. They would give him the whole reasoning and the whole whatever needs to happen when a person comes to collect money. Put the microphone in. Give me the microphone for that. And in the, in the briefcase, in the cover. And he would go, and he would reach in, thank you, and he would take out the rusty penny. And he would give them a rusty penny. The average person, the normal person, after putting your sales pitch down on the table, and Generally, throughout your experience as an experienced collector for your your cause, which you feel and live and believe that your cause is a very, very proper cause, 
you're insulted when you get that copper, that rotten, dirty penny. And what? Sorry, those who are hearing the recording on the video, please let me know if the recording is different with the mic and after the mic. Pre-mic and post-mic. Um, what reaction do you expect from somebody who's a respectable man with a respectable reputation and is being treated like a thief is being treated like a, a, a low life because the man is telling him I don't really believe your cause here's a dirty penny Everybody, the same reaction. They would take it and throw it back in his face. The Altarebbe came to town and he said he wanted to go see this miser. The people knew the Altarebbe. It was a big honor to have the Altarebbe in town. The Altarebbe was collecting for orphans, or for people in... in, in uh, People that couldn't pay their rent that were thrown into prison, etc. Things like that. Poor families. That's his soul. And the people knew the Altarebbe. And he was very respected. The Altarebbe said he wanted to go see this miser. People were devastated. They tried to talk the Altarev out of it. They begged him, please don't. They didn't want the Altarev being humiliated. Altarev said, not only I want to go see the Maiz, I want these two Rabbanim to come with me. <sighs> they, were, they were mamish. They didn't know where to hide. The kids said, Altarev insists, Altarev insists. The next evening, after late afternoon, the three people marched away to the house of the Gvir and the two of them standing on the sides of the Altarebbe with great trepidation not knowing what they're about to face the Altarebbe himself knocks on the door the man comes to the door and sees the Altarebbe and says Rebbe please come in and he sits down with the Altarebbe and the two other Abanim the Altarebbe tells him about all the difficulties of the Yidin and everything what he needs to collect money for. And the man listens and listens and says, Oi, 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 when will the Tzaros of the Yidin finish? But he didn't know who the Altarebbe really was. He just knew this is another Rebbe. And he thought he's another faker like all the rest of them. And he figured he's going to pull the regular stick. And he goes to his safe and he brings out the pouch and he comes over and he puts down on the table the rusty penny. The Altarebbe lifts the rusty penny, looks at it, starts to praise the man, bless the man. He puts the penny in his pocket and he starts to write a paper saying that I received from you and different, all different blessings for the man on the paper. The Altarebbe stands up takes the man's hand and looks deep into his eyes, thanks him profusely, blesses him again, 
and starts to walk to the door, he tells the, the other two Rabbanim, you're not to say a word. They wanted to get up and take a stick to this guy's head, embarrassing the Altarebbe like this, but the Altarebbe said nothing is to be said. And so, they walk out the door, and before walking out again, the Altarebbe turns around and blesses him again and thanks him again profusely, and they start to walk away. The door closes. And the two Rabbanim with the Altarebbe started to ask the Altarebbe, why? Why did you allow yourself to be humiliated like this? Al-Tarebbe asked, please do not talk. Lo and behold, the door opens up. Rebbe, please come back. Rebbe, Rebbe, please come back a moment. Al-Tarebbe comes back in the house, sits down again. He says, Rebbe, how much do you need for your cause? Al-Tarebbe told him I need 5,000 rubles. He reached into his pocket and he took out a 1,000 rubles. Rebbe, here's a thousand ruble. Count it, please. Rebbe said, I have to count it. Rebbe took another piece of paper and he wrote out another receipt. Again, with a myriad of blessings all over it. Took the money and started to bless the man again with holding his hand, shaking his hand. Finally, the Altarebbe turned to leave. He blessed him one more time, and as he walked out the door, he told the other chizim, do not talk. And after a few steps, again the door opens up. Rebbe, Rebbe, please come back. Please, Rebbe, come back. And the two chizim said, don't turn around. Keep walking. He wants his thousand ruble back. Don't don't give it to him. And he gave it, you take it. But the Altarebbe turned around and the other two followed and he came back into the house and the man took out of his pocket the other 4,000 rubles I decided to give you the whole thing. As they walked away from there the Chassidim asked what happened? The man never gave anybody more than this rusty. How did you get this money out of him? And the Altarebbe said, This is the truma you should take from their hands. The problem this miser had is nobody ever took. Nobody ever took anything from him. They, he gave it and they threw it back in his face. Because he threw it back in the, they threw it back in his face. He never had the feeling of giving truma, of giving stucker. And therefore, he didn't know what it meant. However, when I took that rusty penny, I opened that faucet. I opened the faucet and I taught him and I gave him the power, the potential 
to give. Once he gave, he saw the satisfaction of giving. So he wanted to give more. Then he gave more, but he saw he didn't give everything and he could give everything. So then he decided to give everything. The Rebbe says that the Rebbe teaches it that you have to take from him. By taking, you open the door to the person's capacity to give. And here too, the Gabayim went around, they took from them. Each thing was counted out for. Everything was accounted for. And this is therefore the question that Rashi asks in Atzei Shittim. How did they have it? They didn't go buy it right away. They didn't know they had to have it. They didn't get it from the other nations. They didn't know they had to have it. So where did they have this? As soon as they asked for the Atzei Shittim, they said, Okay! Here's your Atzei How is it possible? And this is the stress of Rashi's. Trees don't grow in the Midbar. Generally, trees don't grow in the desert. People don't walk around on average day with cedar trees. Rashi answers a very interesting expression Rabbi Tanchuma Pirish Rabbi Tanchuma Rabbi Tanchuma explains Yaakov, Vino, Tzafa, etc. This is what Rashi is answering he's stressing mm-hmm. Pirish Rabbi Tanchuma not Omar Rabbi Tanchuma Rabbi Tanchuma Omar he said it's a whole different exp- a different form of wording Pirish, Rabbi Tanchuma, he explains. What do you mean he explains? Should have said Medish Tanchuma. This is what Rashi is stressing. Why do I need to bring the words of Rabbi Tanchuma? Not because of the question that begged to brought, brought up over here, or the general story, where the wood came from, but before that, before explaining the actual words of the Pasuk, that it was done, and it was prepared, and they had it in their hands, and it just had to be taken. But rather, Rabbi Tanchuma is part of the answer. Rabbi Tanchuma, the name Tanchuma is Lashon Nechama. Condolence. Rabbi Tanchuma says 
that Yaakov Avinu planted these trees. Not only planted these trees, in our first Rashi, it says different than the second Rashi, it says he brought them from Eretz Yisrael. He brought them with him from Eretz Canaan. And he planted them in Egypt. Tanchuma, because he told them, when you will leave Egypt, you will take them with you for the Mishkan. Which means, they will leave Egypt. So the entire time when they saw these trees in Egypt, they knew these were the trees that came from the Holy Land that were going to return to. And these are the trees that Yaakov you know, promised us we will take with us when we leave this land, we leave this country. So we always had the guarantee. They always knew that they were going to leave Egypt. Tanchuma, the Lushan of Nechama, he was Menachem them by leaving them these trees. But Menachem them, Pirish, what is the explanation here? Rabbi Tanchuma, the concept of Nechama, that Yaakov Avinu paved the way for the Jews. Therefore, when Rashi explains in the beginning of the Pasha that Rabbi Tanchuma says that Yaakov planted these trees which he had brought from Eretz Canaan, he is stressing a new, a total entity. This whole entity is stressed by a different concept. It's being stressed by Tanchuma that there was Nechama. A nechama to the Jews. Nechama to the Jews in that they knew that these trees were planted so that they would leave Eretz Yisrael. They would leave Mitzrayim and go back to Eretz Yisrael. Mashiach came the second pasuk. In later by Nerevi, where he explains this. Hello? Yes? Anibem Tashio. When the second Rashi comes and explains what are the reasons of the Harazim, Ha, why is the Heya Yidua? Because the reason that the trees, where they came from, they came from Egypt. But it's not talking about the Yatsay Shittim, what the Yatsay Shittim were planted for, what the Yatsay Shittim, where they came from, why Yaakov had brought them from Eretz Canaan. And therefore, in the second Rashi, doesn't have to say Rabbi Tanchuma. Only the first Rashi talks about Rabbi Tanchuma, Pirish Rabbi Tanchuma. Because the first Rashi is telling us, explaining to us, how this was in Nechama for Chal Yisrael. But this is something that's not only from Mitzrayim, but it's the older Goliaths. 
all the exiles, excuse me, which they didn't suffer, we know and we should know that the ultimate redemption is near. The Golis is compared, brought down in different Svarim, how the Golis is compared to the travels of the Jews in the, in the desert, in the Midbar Amim. And the reason for this is to live in this Mishkan, to build a Mishkan. To the Asli Migdash In a desert where there's snakes and scorpions and thirst, etc. In such a vast place of destitution, we need to bring in the sanctification of a, of a temple. We need to bring in the holiness. In that very body of our own, the human body, which is void of anything, is only alive because of the Neshama Tahira. It needs to nurture the Neshama Tahira through its mitzvahs. And by doing this, not make for me a Migdash, and I will dwell in it. No, the Pasik says, the Ebisha says, I will dwell in them. What's in them? In them, Rashi, the Rashi explains that in each and every Jew, in each and every Jew, we need to have a Migdash. We need to build Migdash in each and every Jew, in each and every one of ours our own private sanctuaries. In the temple, there were different kalim. The Ark, which was ultimately placed in the Holy of Holies, had on it, on top of it, Vasisa Shnayim Kruvim Zahov. To Cherubim, <laughs> as they are known, Cherubim. I never understood what Shurubim were. I figured it was taken for the word Krubim. They couldn't get an English translation. They just called them Shurubim. I, I don't know what Shurubim was supposed to be. Two Krubim. I'm going to get a text from a plant in a minute. So what, what Shurubim are. Two Krubim. In our Pasha it says the Tera the Aron Eidus Luchsabris behind the Kapiris and the Kruvim and this Tera tells us the Asisa Shnayim Kruvim Zahov Miksha Tasaisam Mishneik Tzeis Hakapiris now ultimately we're going to talk about different parts of the Mishkin, different things that were built, none of which Moshe asks how, except for the Menera. I don't know if we're going to be able to discuss that. Let's just discuss the Kruvim. What are the Kruvim? What are the Kruvim? There's a dispute in the Tera as to what it means. 
Rashi says the most parts of Tinuk Hayalem. They look like little children. The Ramban holds that the Kruvim will like the Merkava that Yecheskel saw, the chariot. It says in the Kashbarachum, Shu Yeshiva Kruvim. Sat on the Kruvim. If you keep score at home, the Gemara Mesech is Yuma, Nundalit Amral, the 54 side one. Talks about the Kruvim looked like a yellowed Vialda, a child, a boy and a girl. Tinuk and Tinekis. And they stood lovingly facing one another. Like, similar to the love the Almighty has to his nation. And the Yamada tells us. When the Jews came to be Eleregel three times a year, they would come to the temple. Migalin, Lahem, Esakapetis, you were able to see the, the Parechas, sorry. Umaranam, Esakruvim, and you were able to see through the Kruvim. And from the love that they saw, the Kruvim facing one another, they knew what kind of love the Almighty had for his nation. From between these kruvim came out the voice of God, and that's how the Almighty communicated with Moshe Rabbeinu. Vidibarti itcho mealakapedes mibain shnei kruvim. So the Almighty says to Moshe, "There, the shchina rested, and there was the revelation of godliness." What is the difference between Merkava or Rashi and Ramban? The Mohos, we know the difference. Rashi is explaining Shamikra, the simple explanation. Basics, down to basics. The Ramban, on the other hand, comes from the secrets of Teda. Therefore, the Ramban explains what a Kruvim, very, very secret, spiritual, deep down, the Holy of Holies, like the Merkava itself, that Yecheskel the Navi saw. Rashi says the face of a child. Basics, down to basics. But Rashi's down to basics also has a very deep meaning to it. Talks about the deep connection between HaKadosh Baruch and Eden. Chazal tell us, Machshava Alam Yisrael Kodmala Machshava Al The thought the Almighty had on Am Yisrael was before, preceded the thought that he had on Teira. Which means to say the love of HaKadosh Baruch Hu to Am Yisrael is higher than that of the Tera. And the form of connection Am Yisrael with Tera.
HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves the Jewish nation like a father loves his child. He doesn't get affected by the actions and the behaviors. But yet it's brought down that when the Jewish nation was doing well with one another, you saw the crew facing one another. If God forbid the Jewish nation was not, they had turned back to back. You were able to see it through the Perechus, that's what he said. They revealed it through the Perechus here. So this is brought down by the Kruvim, they stood on the Oren, and the Oren was the Tera. This is the true inner connection, which comes from the essence between Am Yisrael and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And it stands even above Tera. From here also comes a forgiveness to Am Yisrael. The Kruvim emulated this Aveda. That even if the Jews, God forbid, sinned and they went against the words of Tera, they still had that connection to God that deep down connection, that caring that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has for the Yidden, similar to that of a father to a child. And this we see in the word Kapodis. Kapodis is Lashen Kapora. And therefore the Kapodis and the Kruvim forgave the Jewish nation And they brought about the connection, the true connection between the Jews and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Oh, we have time. Hurei <laughs> Continuing the Pasha Chapter 28 Verse 9 See and look and make the forms like I show you on the mountain. When it came to making the parts of the Mishkan, Chazal tell us, The Meneda was too hard, he could not have figured out how to make it. So what HaKadosh Baruch Hu do for him? HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Almighty shows him and says to him, take the amount of gold that's needed to make a manada. The weight of gold. Throw it into a fire and step back. And the manada self-constructed. In our world we will talk about self-destruction. It was self-construction. Constructed itself and built itself. The Kruvim were built out of one piece of gold. There were so many other things that were so hard to actually put together. But yet Maisha understood how to do it. And this, the Mineta, only the Mineta gave him a hard time. 
And this question begs to differ, begs to ask. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu asks Moshe to make the Mishkan, to make the Meneda, he says to him, like I saw, showed you in the mountain. So we see that HaKadosh Baruch Hu showed Moshe in Hasinai what the Meneda looked like. Why couldn't he do it? We need to say, therefore, what was Mesha's actual problem here with the Meneda? It was what the Meneda actually stood for. Mesha could not grasp the concept that physical, mundane materials would be elevated so that they'd be used to make in the Mishkan of God. What is a physical mundane table, an abax, an ark, meneda, mizbeach, etc.? What does that bring down the shechina? The shechina comes to rest on these mundane pieces of gold and silver. Shleim Melech also asks, Heina Shemayim, Mishmei Shemayim, Le'yelachalkalucha, V'av ki abayas hazeh. Heavens, heavens of heavens, nothing like this house. If that's the case, that the holy temple is so, so holy, it should be made out of spiritual things, of learning Teda itself. Davani Bikavana. Proper behavior, type of fear for God. This way you get closer to the Kaddish Baruch Hu. You bring God down. What connection are there with physical things and Asherah Sashkina? Between godliness itself and physical items. This was the question that Moshe did not understand. And it emanated, it surfaced more by the Menera. What was the specialty of the Menera Samishkan? Was in that that it was Eidus the boy Eilom Shashkina Sheda Bisrael. If you keep me scored home, the Gemara Shabbos Chav Bezim and Bez talks about Hanukkah, talks about the Menera. It was a testimony to the entire world that the Shechina rests amongst the Jews. The whole world was illuminated by this Meneda. Everyone saw that the Shekhinah rested amongst the Jews. This is what Mesha could not understand. How is it possible a Meneda of gold should reveal such godliness? Because we ask the Meneda, the Lama, the Malut Sarach, what do they need? They needed to light up the inside of the Mishkan. They didn't the Mishkan. It didn't bring any light. They had a stone, or they had a window, whatever it was they had. The Meneda was, for what? It lit the entire world. This is why HaKadosh Baruch Hu answers him. It's not a human thing that a person could do. This is the concept of Ain Seif. Of only HaKadosh Baruch only a creator could do. There is no boundaries in God. 
when he wants to, Dafka the Meneda Zov will reveal his Kedusha throughout the world, and that's what's going to happen. So much so, the Almighty tells Mesha, throw the gold into the fire. And a Meneda will form itself. I will make it, says the Almighty. Because the Meneda was not something that a physical human being could create. It had to be a godly vessel. This we have a, le- a, me- a lesson, a message to us. For each and every one of us. We unfortunately don't have our own base English. We are our own base English. The heart of a Jew is the place where God's heart re- where God rests. The Jew needs to bring God to rest amongst within him. The Torah tells us, It's not enough that we give God to rest in the side things, Teda, Tvila, Mitzvahs. Only the spiritual things we do that we connect with God, but rather it needs to be Gam. The side things have to be Mishkan Hashem. That's what was so hard to understand. But when we throw ourselves into this, we throw ourselves into the fire, we nullify our essence, our existence, and we make of these things, of all our monetary and physical and all mundane things, we make them into the Kayach of Ein Seva Kaddish Baruch and we rely on them like the Meneda was made, throwing it into the fire, destroying and eliminating any kind of outside elements, then ultimately we have the vessel that the Almighty looks for, that the Almighty wants to create, that the Almighty sees to create, that will house the Shekhinah, and the Shekhinah will rest within it, and we will go this very Shabbos, before we have the Vata Tetzave by Mincha, and we'll be in Yerushalayim, Yerakodesh, with Mashiach Tzidkenu, Vehu Yigaleinu, Shabbat Shalom to all.